Welcome to What Are You Sporting About podcast, a podcast about business, employment, sports, and entertainment to help educate, support, and guide you to your next level. Here's your host, Attorney Savania DeBarros. Hi, welcome to What Are You Sporting About podcast. This is Savania DeBarros. I'm your host. And today we have Omari J. Garrett with us, who is an esteemed mentor and athletic director. Welcome to the show this morning. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here and just kind of share my experiences and, and talk with you. You know, Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. I'm super stoked to have you on the show. Um, and, you know, we've already had our little conversation, side conversations previously. And um, I was really, really taken with you. And so I felt like you would be a great fit for this show. So let's uh, just dive into it. Tell us a little bit about who Amari J. Garrett is and um, what got you in this line of mentorship or slash athletic director. Wow. So it's it's been a journey. So I was born and raised in Chicago, um, grew up on the South side, uh, you know, just was always into sports. Um, my father, grandfather played sports. Uh, my father played in college at Illinois state, um, basketball. So it was just, you know, always in me to be around sports. Um, my mom, um, was a teacher, uh, for over 30 something years. And so that was, you know, naturally in me to be a teacher and sports for my dad. So it just felt like a natural fit for me to get into coaching and education at the same time. It's so after yeah. because my mom, my mom is a teacher. <laughs> well, now she, she's a dean of students, but she's a te- she's she I think she's been teaching for 20 something years. Um, and that wasn't even what she initially wanted to do. She went mm-hmm. to UF, she graduated with honors, but her her initial goals were to become a doctor and she was substitute teaching on the side and fell in love with it. So now she's a teacher. Wow. Like, so me and your mom have somewhat of a similar experience. Like my goal was I went to, I went to Norfolk state university mm-hmm. and I majored in bi- biology pre-med. So, wow. yeah. So my goal was to, to get into the medical field some way, but I wanted to get into like either athletic training, physical therapy, but really mm-hmm. focused on athletes. Okay. Yeah. So that was my goal. After college, I didn't have the money <laughs> to go back to school. Man. So I took a <laughs> I took a job in education as a teacher's aide or called paraprofessional. Mm-hmm. And um, from that experience, I really realized that black males in education is a necessity uh, because there's so few of us. And there's so many young black males in, especially in Chicago area and these public schools that don't come across a lot of uh, black male mentors. Yeah. So, I mean, you you definitely said a mouthful with that because not only is there a, a need for adult black male mentors in the, in the education system, but there's a huge need for black males who also can relate to these young um, sisters and brothers and really be a voice for them in a way. Because when you don't grow up in the same areas as some of these kids, you don't know how they respond to certain things, you know? And so if you can put a mentor in the same space with them who gets it, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we can just, we can cut out a lot of the noise early on instead of basically, you know, something we're dealing with right now in this nation is victimizing yeah. black boys. Exactly. You know, but if someone understood them and understood why they reacted a certain way that they did or said whatever they said, people will have enough love, you know, in their heart and the need to really do the right thing to get at the root of what the problem may be. Exactly. Yeah, you you stated it perfectly because it's like you said, there's so many young black males that, you know, that don't know how to respond to certain things because of just kind of what they've been around. Um, They don't know how to express themselves, you know, their thoughts and, uh, you know, their dreams and so forth, you know, and it it really takes people. And I was lucky to have that in my life uh, with my family structure. You know, my dad, very influential. My grandfather was, you know, man, my hero. Um, A lot of uncles around me. So, you know, I was I was surrounded by a lot of great positive black males. Yeah. My, you know, and I understand, you know, from where I grew up um, is that is I'm kind of a anomaly in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, and it was it was my thing, especially going into uh, taking that job right after school and, and being around a lot of young black males and seeing that the experiences that they experienced is was some of my friends and other family members experience. It was like, all right, I got to kind of step in that gap and, and be that mentor, that support system that, um, you know, that person that can represent what they could possibly accomplish one day. Right. And that's a lot. That's a huge hat to, to wear. <laughs> it really you know, is. <laughs> it, it's, and it's funny. Because, okay, so I have these little cousins that I absolutely adore, and they're basically, basically, you know, my little niece and nephews. But everything I do, I do with them in mind. Um, mm-hmm. And it sometimes it does feel heavy because I know what I, whatever I'm doing or achieving, I'm not just doing it for myself, but I'm doing it for those who are going to come up after me. You know, exactly. because sometimes things would have been a lot more easier if there was someone who was already in this space that was. Mm-hmm part of my family or at least friends to the family that could have just taken me under their wings and said, Hey, come on, Savannah, let's, you know, this is how you do this. This is how you do that. But being black or brown, we don't necessarily have um, that luxury of being able to follow in the footsteps of someone. We're in this space where we're always the first ones to do something. And I mean, there is, a, a level or certain amount of respect that comes with that. And it feels amazing, but it's so heavy. It's so heavy because then it's like, well, if I fail, I don't want them to think that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing, and one thing I've learned um, over time is like, sometimes you got to, if you fail, let people know your experience of failing. Yeah. You know, be real yeah. about it and not, you know, just use it as um, a learning curve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know, I have no problem with it, and, and that was me learning over time. Having no problem with failing. Yeah. You know, I fail, but I I always look at it as learning. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just to express that, like anytime I got in front of uh, our students, my students, 
um, I always told them to try. Like you may right. fail, like right. you probably will fail, and that's mm-hmm. no problem with that. But it's the learning experience that you get from that, so it won't happen again. Exactly. And you know, it builds so much within you, so much character, uh, and like keep you positive if you learn from that instead of just saying, "I right, woe is me because I couldn't do this, so I can't do nothing else." Exactly. Uh, a young lady said yesterday I was a part of um, this digital event and she was saying one of the things that helped her in entrepreneurship is approaching every situation from a space of curiosity. Mm. So when you approach something by being curious and when you fail, you're like, oh, well, let me figure out why. You know, here's the curiosity that's coming in. And the one thing that I responded to that was with was, that's so awesome because if you replace the fear with curiosity, then you don't really have the time to think about why you're scared about something or why you're scared that you failed or will fail mm-hmm. because you're too busy trying to figure out why something is working or isn't working. Mm. I like that. <laughs> I like yeah, that. No, I was like, that's, that's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. That's a gem for me that I'm going to take too. <laughs> Well, that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh. So your background is is absolutely amazing. And now you're in oh, you've actually um have gotten some press on being a mentor. So tell us a little bit about that. So I know just being in this pandemic, this is something that none of us ever experienced before. Um and I just know within my household we, you know, I don't want to say we all the way struggled with it, but there was some hard times mm-hmm. being trapped in, you know, being not able to hug my mom, you know, right. just like little things like that, that can wear way on your, on your conscience. Yeah. Um, so after the first week, it was just dawned on me, right. If I'm experienced this, not understanding what's going on, um, how does my students feel about mm-hmm. it? You know, what are they thinking? So I want to make sure that I want to reach out. So I made calls, you know, some have text messages, through Twitter, you know, just checking in. Hey, how are you doing? You need anything? You need to talk? You know, um, we've had uh, um, Zoom uh, meetings with students, with groups of students, nice. just to, you know, give them a chance to just kind of just talk like it's mm-hmm. not educational. Um, and it was, even as a teacher and as an athletic director, a lot of times my conversations with students didn't have anything to do with school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was really a lot on their, their interests and, uh, you know, sports and, and you know, just them and what they're going to do later in life. So I just took that approach, being that still being that mentor from far away. Mm-hmm. where they can't just text me hey you know mr gary how you doing you know they check in on me <laughs> too right right so, you know it was still that that conversation that still that engagement back and forth um that i'll have with you know several several students uh just to because this is unprecedented times where you know we don't know what's going to happen week to week and i just wanted to make sure that mentally they're fine you know and uh physically you know that they're well Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, um, I did actual, uh, workout videos. Oh, nice. And, okay. Yeah. I was sending that out, uh, you know, especially for my athletes, um, send that out to them to 
continue to continue work out, stay healthy, uh, send them in text messages, send them in emails, whatever way I could mm-hmm. just to, you know, let them know, Hey, even though we're within, in this pandemic, that doesn't mean that you have to stop yeah. you know, being, being great. You know, that was almost always my thing. But the first school I, I taught at the model was, and it's forever stuck with me. Excellence without excuses. Love it. That was the model of the school. And I said, exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly. that's awesome. I've never heard a model like that, but it's amazing because you know, we can all make so many excuses for why something happens or doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. once you decide that you're gonna remove those excuses, I mean everything, anything is achievable. Because Any. now you're not you're not making an excuse for why something didn't happen. You're like, you know what? Screw that. Let me do this. On uh-huh. to the next. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly. is so cool. You know, I was worried about kids um, when this pandemic happened and, you know, everybody was getting the notices that you're going to have to be quarantined because you really don't know what is going on in some of these children's personal lives. Yep. You know, so abuse, whether that be uh-huh. emotional, physical, <laughs> verbal, you absolutely have no idea. Um, and so you stepping in to be that voice and saying, hey, y'all, don't forget I'm here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's talk. Let's hang out. You know, although, you know, albeit digital, um, that still that means a lot. Yeah, because it is. And, you know, just listening to the students. A lot of the teachers, they're so focused on compliance where, you know, they reach out and it's only about turning in assignments mm-hmm. and not knowing that. And I had to tell the rest of my admin team and some other teachers, like, you know, to stop pressing them on that. You had students that had to work because their parents got laid off. So now they're at work at eight in the morning. Yeah, they don't have time to jump in on the Zoom calls or turn in assignments and so forth um, because they have to work. Now they're taking on responsibilities as a 16, 17, 18 year old that you shouldn't have to at that point. But mom, dad get laid off or they're furloughed or whatever the case. Now they have to step in and help their family. Right. Right. Um, And that was happening. That was happening a lot. Um, you know, so it was me kind of trying to talk to the adults and say, Hey, like just ease up a little bit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We don't know what's going on in these kids' homes. We don't know, you know, stepdad, stepmom, you know, issues with them. They have to watch their kid, uh, their Mm -hmm. siblings and so forth. Like, you know, so it was, um, that's why I took that approach of, you know, just kind of checking in on their mental and their well-being more than anything like I didn't care I told him like I don't care if you turn in work you know me as administrator that don't sound right you know saying I don't care if you turn in work I want to make sure that you are fine right exactly and you know you need you need a balance like that you know you need the the professionals or administrators who are going to be like okay let's just make sure they're on track so you know they don't get behind in graduating or whatever but you Uh also need the staff who cares about the child as a whole um, because if that, if that child as a whole isn't being tended to that emotional well-being, that physical well-being, they will automatically get behind in whatever schoolwork it is. So that, that 
you know, <laughs> that will end up getting pushed behind on the back burner anyways. So you definitely need people who are going to step in and say, you know, I think it's more important right now. Um, and you're right. We are definitely in an unprecedented time. Um, but it's necessary that we we check in on our kids and and make sure that they're fine. Because, I mean, even adults are having a problem dealing with this. So I can only imagine for children who have not completely matured, yeah. you know, you have no idea what they're probably going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Um, what advice would you give to any high schooler or collegiate athlete um, that is probably listening to this episode right now and not sure of what they may want to do later in life? My advice is if you have a dream, if you have something that constantly plays in your head of what you want to do in life, pursue it. A lot of times, you know, life will tell you not to do this or you don't have this skill or you can't do this. Um, but if you have that in your head, that means that there's there's something within you that want to that wants to pursue it. And again, life will knock you down. Life will knock you down, but you have to rise above any kind of setbacks. You got to still keep that focus and, and keep pushing through to what you want to do in life. Um, you know, at, even as an adult, um, I have to do that. I go through those struggles where, you know, where again, I'm changing schools where it's like, okay, I was so comfortable at the last school. I know all the systems, I know what to do. Um, but however, this other school is presenting me an opportunity where, I can actually do what I want to do, actually do what my dream is and to build uh, a department that rivals any department across the United States as the high school. So it's, it's, I'm pushing forward to that, even though people may say, you know, I, you know, dream it too big. Yeah. I don't think dreams can be too big. You know, we see a lot of examples of, of people that, you know, wanted to, do something, accomplish something, and they do it. And and the other advice I would say is you have that dream, you just work on small goals, small yep. steps. Yep. You never want to just try to tackle the big picture at one time. You will get frustrated. So yeah. set your small goals to build. And during that building time, you're going to develop a lot of other skills. You're going to develop a lot of other connections that's going to help you get to where you want to go. Um, so you know, you don't have to, you know, push down on the gas and try to get to that finish line at that that in the quickest amount of time. It doesn't happen like that. Just mm-hmm. take your time, set those small goals, build to those, accomplish those, celebrate that, and then focus on the next day. Keep on moving, keep on moving. So, yeah, that's my advice is to, yeah, have your goal and work towards that building blocks. No house, no construction, nothing has ever been built. Just set down in the ground, and then that's the house. I'm <laughs> oh, trying to tell you. <laughs> it's built up. You got to build a foundation <laughs> first. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, man, that was so great, Amari. Thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to see what you're going to do next um, as a mentor and as an athletic director and as a 
awesome black man in this country. I'm so excited. And it was a pleasure to have you on the show today. Uh, Thank you. Uh, It was a pleasure being on here and I love what you're doing. Please keep doing it. This is, this is an awesome platform to, to give voices to, you know, people like me that aren't well known, um, but can make an impact on people that I'm around, you know? So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for joining us this week on What Are You Sporting About? podcast. Make sure to visit our website, prosportlawyer.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite platform is so you'll never miss a show. And while you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or iHeartRadio. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, What Are You Sporting About? Attorney Savania DeBarros is available for private consulting at sldebarros.com. And remember, we're here to educate, support, and guide you in your journey to success because we're all sporting about something.